0: September 28th, 2023. This morning's class and the classes throughout the week are donated in memory of Jamila Batsofi by the Mala family and in memory of Shimuel ben Hana by the Ibani family. We're in Mas'eche Betah and Daf Kafhe in the widest lines, um, four lines down at the end of the line, the Mishnah. We're up to the next Mishnah. And of course, throughout Mas'eche Betah, we've returned to, for good reason, the principle. Of Shabbat and Yom Tov being, generally speaking, similar if not identical with regards to isur milachah, with regards to the prohibition of milachot of labor. However, one defining, distinguishing factor, and that is melechet ochil nefesh. nefesh The Torah says, if it's a uh, labor, if it's a milachah which is going to bring you to production of food, that's what's permitted. And of course, we've extended that and understood that in different ways. This Mishnah will be a primary indicator with regards to how to define that. What does it mean that it's bringing you food? Shechita, slaughtering, is perhaps the easiest melacha to imagine. It's called netilat neshama, taking away the life of another being, You're not allowed to do so on Shabbat or on Yom Tob. But what if it's for the purpose of consumption? Of course, it's going to be nutar on Yom Tob. It's melech nefesh. What if, alternatively, I don't have in mind, per se, to eat from the meat, What I'm going to slaughter, is the slaughtering under all circumstances permitted because slaughtering by definition brings me to food? Or alternatively, is it specifically and only because I'm going to be eating from it? Put differently, what if I'm going to be slaughtering and potentially eating from it but I have no intention to do so? In other words, I've already eaten my meal. There might be a few hours left in the day. I'm slaughtering for another reason, not for the purpose of eating. That's really what our Mishnah be deals with. Like. No, beti. Okay, but you're not, over here you're slaughtering for another reason. Hang tight. You to uh, slaughter on Yom Tob? No, in general. in general. You're talking about hunting or slaughtering? Hunting, hunting, there's a Teshuvah from Nodabi B'Yehuda, Chacham Avadiyah Yosef talks about it as well. Uh, it's uh, the way No Doubt Yudan, his iconic line says it is. Listen, I can't tell you that it's asur if you're going to use it in some way, not just waste it entirely. However, he writes, it's not from the ways of Abraham, Tzach and Yaakov. It's not like the Gemara says who we are as Am Yisrael, by Shanim, Gomle Hasadim, Rachmanim, etc. Uh, we're not supposed to. It's the Isav activity. It's indeed what he writes as well. Uh, Okay, listen, the circumstances for everything. He asked about uh, for fun. He asked about for sport. All right, says this Mishnah, behemah m'sukenit. The Mishnah says you're dealing with an animal, domesticated animal for all intents and purposes. It's m'sukenit, which means to say it's in danger of dying. Not because it has an internal blemish, uh, maybe it's an old age. The animal is at the end of its life and you fear losing the ability to use the flesh of that animal. Once the animal dies, you might be able to use it for its hide, you might be able to use it for its body in some way, but you won't be able to eat it any longer. That's what's called nevela. If an animal died without a kosher slaughtering, it's nevelah, you're not allowed to consume it. Here it is, yom Tob, it's misukenet lamut. Sakana, of course, means danger. It's in danger of death. And your purpose, your objective now, is to slaughter it in order to save the ability to eat it. However, I don't per se have an interest in eating from it today. Lo <laughs> yishhot, you may not slaughter anyom Tob. Ela unless there is yeshahut bayom le'echol mimena kaza'it sali. Unless there is time in the day remaining to eat from it, to consume from it, kaza'it, that's a measurement of course, that's the smallest measurement we consider legally, akhila considered eating, a kaza'it measurement, defined accordingly. You have to have the amount of time left in the day to slaughter, take a kaza'it from it, and not cook per se, but rather sali. Skew it, roast it, which is shorter in terms of time than cooking. No, it's significant. Mars. very significant a difference on many levels. First and foremost, it's just quicker. Secondly, the reason it's faster is because if I'm going to take meat and to cook it, which means I'm going to be using uh, some sort of liquid in the process, effectively what will happen is the blood will come out from that flesh. It'll be mixed in the water, and the fear is then it's going to be swallowed back in. In such a circumstance, anytime you're going to do bishul on flesh, on on, uh, animal that that you slaughtered, you need to do what's called meliha beforehand. You need to salt the animal in order to remove the blood from it beforehand. Otherwise, it's forbidden to eat from it. Again, specifically and only one sec, specifically and only if you do bishul because bishul a vision is that the blood is going out and coming back in if the blood is embedded within the animal and you never brought it out that's not asur b'achilah in other words if it was slaughtered appropriately and for some strange reason you want to take a bite out of it when it's raw but it's got blood in it that's not a problem it's only dam Shapirish the blood which came out, halachically speaking, which poses a problem. Therefore, and by extension, if you were to um, skew it, if you were to roast the meat, first and foremost, you didn't do bishul. Secondly, sali siliya helps you furthermore because the vision is that the heat of the fire makes drains it of the blood furthermore. But to make it clear to you, Mars, why there's a major difference over here, it means time-wise it takes a lot longer, halachically and just procedurally, to cook than to skew and to roast. Therefore, says the Mishnah, again, if the animal, uh, for all intents and purposes, no interest in eating from it, but it's misukenit, it's in danger of death. And as a result, I need to slaughter it, I want to slaughter it so I don't lose the flesh. don't slaughter, unless Shahut means period of time, and left in the day to eat from it just briefly Rashi in the second wide line. you're not interested. you don't need to eat from it Rashi says, for example, you already ate your meal. Your purpose, your objective in slaughtering is is the fear of loss, of incurring that loss of the flesh. hot Elim Ken writes Rashi. It's specifically if you know that there is time left in the day for consumption. Interestingly and importantly, Rashi doesn't say that you might actually eat from it. He rather says there has to be the ability to eat from it. This is a principle from Masechet Pesachim known as Ho'il. Ho'il means, I mean, ho'il means since, but ho'il is the beginning of a sentence. We just say ho'il. The idea is ho'il mikala'e or urcheh. Since maybe guests will show up, wink, wink. What do you mean, no guests are coming? Guests haven't come to my house in uh, 10 years. It doesn't matter. The idea that guests might come and could come, and the food would be appropriately set out for them, even though you have no intent per se in eating from it, could permit. We generally speaking say, Ho'il, that tzvara, that logic, won't permit something entirely. It'll still be rabbinically prohibited over here. Since you're going to lose the meat entirely, the rabbi's permitted. So again, to quickly review this line. Since your objective is to save the meat... And there is a possibility that the meat can be consumed, albeit not by you, but they might come guess. Zero zero point zero zero one chance that they'll come. Doesn't matter, the food is possible for them. Rabbinically speaking, it's permitted. That's the first statement here in the Mishnah. So that's what I said earlier. It has no internal blemish. It's misukenet lamut, old age. It's misukenet lamut, it got a bad cold. It's, it's, the assumption is it's not Terefa. It yes. just talking about, about the skin? You said about it being okay if kill it the skin. Uh, that, something that, something different. But, and, um, a mention earlier in the Masechet with regards to what you can do with the skin. He said you could slaughter for the skin. He spoke wrongfully. You can't slaughter for the skin. Once you slaughtered, you can use it. Alan, we just, we just let him go. We brushed him. <laughs> Alan had to make that clear for all. All right. <laughs> well, keep in so, mind. So let me remind you, again, the prohibition to begin. That's why I gave that whole interlude. The prohibition was only rabbinic in nature to begin with. Mm-hmm. The idea of ho'il uvedilma me kal'e or since maybe guests will come, bumps it down to a rabbinic prohibition. It's only asumid rabbanat. The makom have said the hachamim permitted. That's how you articulate Rashi over here. Okay, the Mishnah continues. It says Rabbi Akiva seems to disagree. Rabbi Akiva afilu kazait hai. The statement of Rabbi Akiva is that period of time which seemed pretty quick, not Bishul, but rather sali, Kazayit Basar, small amount, quick procedure, this is even faster than that. You don't need even that amount of time. I guess so. You're a fancy person. I wouldn't touch that. But, um, tartar. Um, So uh, what what Rabbi Akiva alternatively says is, he says, as long as you have the period of time to slaughter it and to take the flesh, even though it's high, it hasn't been touched, it hasn't gone into fire, it hasn't touched anything, no salting, because you're not doing bishul, nothing at all. You're eating from, how you eating from it's mi beti Beti vihataz where you slaughter it on the neck. What's the significance of that? You don't even need to fly it. You don't even need to take off the skin in such a circumstance. You slaughtered from the neck. You could grab a kazait basar once it's dead from it and eat it like tartar. That's all, that's quicker than even hachamim, the first opinion here in the Mishnah says, Akiva, you need even less time with regards to slaughtering it. He doesn't have you eating it. He says, You could eat it. Hi, mi-bet te-vi-hata. Rashi, Rashi says the significance of telling us the location on the neck is to tell you you don't even need to skin it. You see, according to the first opinion, you'll need to skin it if you're gonna put it on uh, and skew- on a skewer, you need the skin off of it. Okay, that's the second opinion uh, in the Mishnah. Then the Mishnah continues and, and concludes for us a different point with regards to slaughtering, not connected to this first point, it says shahata, if you were to slaughter it, um, basade. if you slaughtered it in the field, and now you want to bring it to your home, now you want to bring it into the regular civilization area, the community, the village, whatever it is, in other words, you're not slaughtering per se in your backyard, you're slaughtering in the field where you might have your animals grazing. But now you want to bring it to eat. And it was permitted to slaughter. Forget about it now. Regular slaughtering, onion top. And you go, make certain you do this the right way. Don't bring it on a pole or on two poles, which would necessitate two people carrying it. Uh, why not? Well, hold on a second. I have a good good, point. Good, well said, but along those lines. avamevi mevi biado... evarim evarim you should instead bring in your own hands without any poles attached evarim evarim pieces of the limbs one by one now effectively you're going to have not shinui per se it's going to be less Um, a less of a visual uh, appearance, it's gonna be less of a spectacle. If you have two people, or even one person walking through town with a pole, everyone stops and looks. If you have one person walking through three, four times with bags in their hands, doesn't call attention. What's the issue to begin with? So uh, Eli said something about Marit Ayn. Marit Ayn would assume that there's an Isur over here. There's no Isur to slaughter if I plan on eating from it. Rashi uh, tells us the, uh, the, the interpretation here. Lo viena again the third line in the wide lines of Rashi. Bemotu bemota, explains Rashi bishne bene adam with two people in each of these circumstances. Mishum, We've seen those words once or twice in our Masechet already means it's a public spectacle. It's something which is seen by all, it becomes an optical uh, thing that people pay attention to. A spectacle, there it is. And it'll bring to zilzul people cheapening Yom Tob. Not Shabbat activity, not Yom Tov activity. It looks like Uvdin Dehol. How do you define this? Hard to define as We make clear throughout our Masichet. We can be, at the very least, accepting of the words of the Chachamim when they tell us, this looks wrong, this doesn't look like the activity. It looks almost, I guess this is the best way to say it, it looks like something more commercial instead of something more personal. You're walking through with poles of meat, one or two people, or more, whatever, that's a commercial activity, it looks like you're having a, pr- a production. Alternatively, you're walking through with a few bags, a few packages, even though it's more times, it doesn't call attention really to something that's inappropriate. Okay. You're not, <laughs> fascinating, <laughs> fascinatingly, the tirhav carrying the meat more times, because you're on your own and you're not using the pole, is clear from this Mishnah, less of a problem than the absham miltad, the de Hol. Indeed, um, uh, which would be a, a problem. Okay, so that's what we have in the Mishnah. What is that English? Interpretation you just said? means extra exertion. You're gonna to have to take more steps and more trips by going back and forth, doing it yourself, bringing limbs. So just you raised the point, says Tir more exertion, maybe it should be a bigger problem. You don't want to waste your time and energy on your own. That's a problem. Apparently the hakamim felt that was better and more appropriate than this public spectacle. It says right. until you have enough time of the day, how long do you have the day to, to eat it? Until right before sunset? Yeah, oh, until the end of the holiday, until sunset. Until sunset. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sunset would be the right time. All right, says the Gemara, Amar Rame Baraba Rame Baraba has an initial statement which is somewhat cryptic it won't be clear exactly his intention his words will be clear why he said these words the Gemara will deliberate that'll be our conversation some 8 to 10 lines of the Gemara Amar Ramei Baraba Hefshet adin a statement of Rame Baraba appealing to a pasuk at the beginning of Sefer Vayikra, the sixth pasuk in Sefer Vayikra says uh, that uh, the Kohen would take a korban olah, I looked it up. Tohen would take a korban olah, and he would be mafshit, he would skin it, v'nitahoto lintaheha, v'nitahota lintaheha, and then he would cut it into pieces. Again, korban olah. I'm not sure yet, that's going to be the question. The korban olah is not to be eaten, it's to be consumed by the mezbah, so to speak, fully sacrificed and given to God. So the korban olah, the Torah says, the way it was done is you skinned it, v'hivshit et orah, you had to skin it, and then v'nitachota and then you would cut it into pieces. As uh, says, Rameh Baraba, we can learn from that something, to butchers, to you and me, if we were butchers or we were slaughtering meat. If you look in the Torah, it tells you by a korban ola, you're to do hefshet, the flying, and nituach, and the cutting of it, the pieces, putting put it into different pieces before sacrificing. The hu hadin, we should learn in turn, le nobody should slaughter an animal and then just skewer the whole thing. Nobody should uh, cut an animal, slaughter an animal, and then sell it. Is this a halakha, or is this, as Jared said, what we call derecheres? Is this appropriate activity, or is there for some reason Rame bar'aba, understanding there's an absolute necessity to cut it up? Well, first and foremost, in terms of derech it's appropriate action, you know, it's nimus, it's ethics, it's the, it's the right way to act. We understand, Jared, it's selling full animals, haram, Alternatively, why might it be asur to do so? The angle the Gemara will set forth for us goes as follows. As uh, someone asked earlier, uh, when you saw, as uh, Eddie asked earlier, you need to check the animal for terefot ostensibly. You might need to check the animal to make certain it has no illness inside of it. It has an illness from which it will fatal, would have fatally died anyway within a short period of time. The halacha is, that's what's called tarif. Nevela means it wasn't slaughtered appropriately. Terefa means it had some sort of blemish, internal blemish. Well, maybe the reason you need to skin it and cut it up is because halachically speaking, before consuming from the animal, the animal needs to be fully dissected and analyzed and made certain that it's actually kosher. In other words, well, the, in other words, we'll address in a moment or two. So that's what the Gemara says. Yeah, At this point, it's I mean, got nothing to do with the Mishnah. Why do you think that's... And at this point, nothing to do with Yom Torah. We'll bring a proof from the Mishnah. At this point, it's just a statement. At this point, it's a Again, his statement is, if you look in the Torah, the Torah says this by Korban Ola, let's apply it to any time. Why? I don't know. Either it's the right way, or it's hal- It's legally you need to do it. it says the Gibara... Oh, okay, that's why he's yes, being proved. Good, good. Indeed. I didn't realize that. That's why it's being brought up. Indeed. That's why it's being brought up. I didn't, I didn't. All right, all right. You're all too far ahead of me. Yes, indeed, Mars. That's why it's being brought up over here. You're 10 steps ahead of us. Okay. Okay it's from this and the simple reading of the words of Rameh Barabah is indeed like Jared this is derech Eretz this is appropriate manners the Torah taught us manners don't eat meat before you skinned it and cut it into pieces that's his words in their most simple sense <laughs> <laughs> says the Gemma. simple sense not me'akev <laughs> manners you eat like a glutton I wish you didn't But I wish you didn't, didn't. it wasn't not kosher. That's the simple interpretation of his words. Says the Gemara, really? No, I mean, we will find in, one sec, no, by it's not derech eretz, it's chovatz in the Torah. Derech eretz, you will find it in Shuhanaru. So it's hard to define what does that mean. It, the best way to say it is yes, it's halakha, but it's a manner halakha as opposed to it's a legal halakha. What's the difference? The word that Morris used a minute ago, me'akev. Is it absolutely necessary? And if you went ahead and did it anyway, it's still kosher. It's not kosher, or alternatively, it's still kosher. Says the Gemara, my kamashmatlan. What is Rameh Baraba teaching us? Well, he told me what he's teaching. No, maybe it's more fundamental. Says the Gemara. Maybe that was his way of speaking about this, saying it's derech eretz, but he meant. Something more fundamental, e lema, compound word, im tomar, ema. If you'll say midravuna, maybe the very statement of rame baraba was to exclude, to negate the opinion of Ravuna. Oh, this is gonna bring us to the more fundamental conversation. Let's see what Ravuna said. And in turn, we'll understand what maybe Rameh Baraba meant. What did he say? Deama Ravuna. בחייה בחזקת עומדת עד לך בחזקת עומדת עד Here's the statement of Rav Huna. It's a very important statement, but it goes like this. There are, there's a concept in known as Hazaka. Many, if not all of us, are familiar with this. It goes like this. If I'm uncertain about the status of something, Uncertain. It's equivocal. It's a balanced case. It could be A or it could be B. How do you make a determination? We have all sorts of ways. You could go based on majority very often. Say, majority, I'm not sure. What's the majority? Majority statistically, majority in- analytic, uh, important question as well. What about another concept known as hazaka? Hazaka means that we have a reality in place. And now I have a question about whether that reality is maintained. I know that when the animal was alive, it was forbidden from consumption. Why, says Rashi, Eve minahai. You're not allowed to, when an animal is alive, you're not allowed to grab off a piece and put it in your mouth. It's even one of the Sheva Mitzvot Ben enoch, one of the seven mitzvot that uh, non-Jews are also commanded in. Eve is Zasur, which means to say, leading up to the slaughter of the animal, The animal, any question you have about the slaughtering, I'm unsure, was it a good slaughter, was it a bad slaughter? I can't check it, I'm not certain. Uh, What's the hazakah? What do I fall back on? Asur. Why are you falling back on asur? It was already alive, when it was alive it was forbidden, and therefore any question you have, any safeq, will fall back on the hazakah, that's what we call the hazaka, the strong opinion, the strong reality, the thing, the fallback is that it's asur. Again, read the words in the Gemara with me. When the animal, when I'm analyzing something that took place in the life of the animal, in other words, the slaughter moment, it has a hazakah, It has an assumption we should halachically make that there's a problem. <laughs> then, okay, gentlemen, just one second. I'll repeat it. Thanks a lot, Mars. Until you're certain how it was slaughtered. What's the question? Says Mars, when it's alive, it's Asur. No, it's dead. My question is the slaughtering which was done when it was alive. I have a question about that. Was it a kosher slaughtering or a not kosher slaughtering? A safik on the shehita, what do I fall back on? What's my initial response? How should I determine this law based on my foreknowledge? When it was alive, what was its status? When it was alive, it was forbidden. Says Rashi, when it was alive, it was forbidden because of Eve So I have a question about the shehita, a safik about it, lehumra. Why lehumra? That's the statement here in the Gemara You might question Rashi How are you talking about Eve minahai? Eve minahai means when it's actually alive This is a question about the slaughtering Slaughtering is when it's dead Question of Tosa Fotan Rashi In the, top, in the bottom left hand corner This Machloket, we're not going to spend tons of time on it Is a major Machloket in Jewish thought with Halakha With regards to how you determine Hazakah there's uh, several books that are written on these sorts of matters and Hazaka and Rov and understanding them appropriately, which has many legal ramifications. Anyway, Tosafot disagrees with Rashi for that reason. In the top in the bottom left hand corner says Tosafot, isur Piresh Rashi, Sur this is not clear. Once we see that it's dead. If you have a question about the status in some way when it's alive, it's also because it's alive. Over here, it's dead. The very question you have is about the slaughtering, which is the moment at which it died. You can't fall back on every minute high as the hazakah. Tosafot instead appeals to a different Isur. The Isur is called unslaughtered meat. That's, that's the Isur. Uh, the Isur is unslaughtered meat. Ah, so until I... Not so. Until I know that this meat was slaughtered right, it <laughs> is Asur. What's that? No, no. I slaughtered this... I slaughtered this animal. I'm uncertain. I have some sort of question. I could have hundreds, if not thousands of questions as to what maybe went wrong in this slaughter. I'm uncertain. I have no way of checking. I don't have video cameras. I don't have anything. One second. I have no way of dealing with that. As a result, uh, what am I supposed to do? I fall back on Isu. Hazaka? No, no, no. If I have a hazaka it's not. That's how you push it. The safik. Sure Any circumstance before bef- before you, before you have appear? Have no, no. But no. He- no. Jesse's asking. Why don't we just say safek dooraita humra The answer is you only do that when you don't have a hazaka. When you don't have a rov. We first deal with this in our world. We don't just appeal to something. We first say, "What's the hazaka? What's the rov?" These are always the questions that begin the conversation. So, as a result, Tosafot therefore say, "Lachen nira li or nira lomar deheskat isur sono lomar beheskat shelo nishata ad shevadalecha mishum isur shena zevocha." The Isur of, not slaughtered. The Torah says, slaughter and then eat, shechot ve'echol, slaughter and eat. If you haven't slaughtered and eaten yet, has got Isur. Okay, so that's the question, Rashi and Tosafot, not getting further into that. But the statement in turn of Rav Huna, the initial statement is, until I have determined that this item is dead, Kosher death I'm going to say any question with regards to it is asur haskati that's not the key line for us again the amara funa bihima Heskati sur umadet aji wadaleha bamanishhita next nishhita it's been slaughtered no question about it kosher slaughter i had all of you watching me we checked the knife we watched it carefully we even analyzed the video 10 times we know that i did it right But now, do I need to check that animal afterwards? The assumption after the slaughtering is that this is a kosher animal. Why? Until you determine why it became taref or how it became taref. What does that mean, the following? For some reason, one second, for some reason I opened up the animal. I opened up the animal and I found in it a terefa, a blemish which would have fatally killed it. Teref, can't eat it, one second. How do you know that that development inside of the animal happened before the slaughtering? Maybe it happened after the slaughtering. Come on, what's statistical in- No, statistically, the of the majority of animals, says the Gemara, are not tarif when they're alive. They don't have that blemish. So I slaughtered it, a kosher slaughtering, I'm going based on the majority of after slaughter animals, they're kosher internally, but this one has a problem. How should I assume this problem goes? Is it a problem that arose after the death or before the death, the statement of the statement Rabbi. A statement of, one second, we're, all right, we're, we're getting, thank you, Ellen, we're getting ahead of ourselves, one second, one second, but effectively then, he tells us that after shechita Safik, we go with a Hiskat heter, why are you checking it? Rabbinically we check it, biblically you don't need to, indeed, you're both right about that. But, it happened that for some reason I did check it, Hezka Now, I bring it back to our initial statement of Rameh Bar Was Rameh Bar telling us, after slaughtering, skin it, cut it up, so that you check it, because you can't rely on it being kosher like Rav Hunah said. You have to instead assume that it's not kosher until you determine that it is kosher. You have any question about it, it's going to be unkosher until you determine that it is kosher. Is that the statement of Rame Baraba? So again, we began the Gemara with a funny statement of Rame Baraba. He says, Listen, anytime you slaughter, first skin, then cut it up, and only then deal with it, cook it, etc. Is he saying that just, you know, that's nice manners? Or alternatively, is he saying, if you don't do so, the meat is not kosher? You have a Haskati su- That would be against Rav Hunah. Rav said, Once it's slaughtered, Haskati Once it's slaughtered, we we fall back on the majority, that rov behemot are not terefot, which by the way, which by the way is part of the larger conversation with regards to milk for generations. We don't check those animals that we got the milk from. Yotze min hatamez tameh If the animal is not kosher, we saw this already on the email. we know the egg which comes from it is not kosher either. You know, but the animal, it was a chicken, but it's a chicken that's terefa. The egg is problematic as well. Maybe the milk that we're drinking is problematic as well. We appeal on a rov over here. We appeal on the chizka <inaudible> that the majority of cows are not terefot. Is that the reality? Is that not the reality? Okay, I'll leave that to the poskim to determine and debate in today's day and age. But that's the statement here in the Gemara. It says the Gemara is Rame Baraba going against Rav Ilema, maybe you'll say five lines, six lines from the bottom. This is to negate, to go against me. When it's alive, meaning if it's a question about the Shechita. You have to assume it's problematic until you're certain You have a chizkat isur nishhita If it's already slaughtered And now the question is about the terifah the chizkat hetero made it Terifah again meaning internal blemish Ad shivadah lecha bameh Period So says the Gemara Maybe Ravuna is against Rameh Baraba Rameh Baraba was going against it Maris, here we go The ha'anan tenan Didn't we learn matnitin In our Mishnah we have proof From our Mishnah, like Ravuna, and not like Rame Baraba. Who's Ravuna? That once it's slaughtered, assume it's good. Where would you bring proof from that? <speaking in Hebrew> Doesn't our Mishnah accord with Rav Hunah? After all, our Mishnah, we just read it 20 minutes ago. <speaking in Hebrew> period. What's the statement of Rabbi Akiva? Rabbi Akiva says, Slaughter the animal, grab some meat from, or you could, if there's a period of time, to grab meat from the neck, and to eat it even when it's raw. What's that? You can't do that. You didn't check, anything, you didn't check anything. Clearly Rabbi Akiva is assuming, as Mara said from the first minute, that we have a Heskatete. <laughs> that the animal like Huna, Rabbi Akiva in our Mishnah is going like Ravuna and against Rameh Baraba. Akiva Akiva's from the Mishnah, so Rameh Baraba what's, what's the point that you made that? So the point goes like this we're uncertain about Rame Baraba's statement. Why did he say cut it up? Is it because he assumes you have to check it? No, can't be. First and foremost, it's against Rav Una. Okay, maybe it's against Rav Hunah. They're contemporaries. They're in the same types of generation. No, he'd be going against Rabbi Akiva and the Mishnah. Rabbi Akiva and the Mishnah talked about slaughtering and taking straight from the neck. You didn't check anything. Oh, clearly, you don't need a check. So therefore, Rameh Baraba must have meant the reason you should skin it and cut it up, it's manners. Who agrees? Who agrees? <laughs> Rame Baraba will agree with Ravuna because he meant manners and not halakha. Exactly. Exactly. That's a great question. So Jeffrey says listen, Rabbi Akiva was just giving you a shi'ur, he was only giving you a measurement of time. He didn't actually mean it's permitted, can't be, because the measurement of time has to have some significance. The significance has to be that, in theory, I could now take it and guests would come and I'd give it to them. If you don't have that in theory, then the whole thing doesn't get off the ground. So then just, right? In other words, the whole point is you have to find some permitted way of consuming it, even though you don't plan on doing so. That's the assumption. Says the Gemara, my love, is it not... The understanding when Rabbi Akifah said those words that you take from the bet tiviha, we really meant from the place where you slaughter, meaning from the neck. In other words, you're not even opening up the animal, you're not checking anything inside. So it's going to oh, no, maybe, lo, mi maybe it alternatively means where the animal internally consumes, it cuts up inside, where it digests it. In other words, Rabbi Akiva never meant the way we read it. It didn't mean the actual tiviha where you slaughter it at the neck, it means its bit. Tevihah, which means its internal organs, its no, internal organs, you still have to check. Nabi Akiva never meant that. Says so the Gemara. No, the hatanir bihiyah Don't we have a statement from the which presented the tradition on Nabi Akiva's statement? mamash. The statement is it needs to be from the actual place, or it could even be from the actual place of slaughtering, which means from the neck which in turn means you don't need to check it inside. Last line, Ela, rameh baraba, orah ar'a, kamash ma'lan, rather, rameh baraba, now swinging back to the first words in the Gemara, never meant this as a legal restriction. He never meant that you need to check the animal and assume that it's problematic. He meant, it's not manners to slaughter the animal and then just to consume it, put it on the fire and eat from it when it's whole without skinning it and cutting it. It's a orah ar'a, and what the Gemara goes on to do in the next few lines is to talk about other places where the rabbis gave suggestions on manners how to drink properly how to eat properly and so forth we'll get into that tomorrow